Hey, good morning. It's good to see you. I'm glad to be with you on this uh, wonderful uh, Monday morning as we continue in the book of Acts together. Today, we're going to look at um, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 25. We're going to kind of combine two sections together. Um, Saul's beginning of the persecution and then the effect of that. So let's read verse 20, verse 8, chapter 8, verse 1 and following through verse 25. That day a severe persecution began against all the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Devout men and women buried Stephen and made a loud lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house, dragging off both men and women. He committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went from place to place proclaiming the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. The crowds with one accord listened eagerly to what was said by Philip, hearing and seeing the signs that he did. Signs and wonders. Remember, we've seen that over and again. For unclean spirits, crying with loud shrieks, came out of many who were possessed, and many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in the city. Now a certain man named Simon had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people in Samaria, saying that he was someone great. All of them, from the least to the greatest, listened to him eagerly, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. They listened eagerly to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon believed. And after being baptized, he stayed constantly with Philip and was amazed when he saw the signs and great miracles, signs and wonders that took place. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw the Spirit had been given through the laying of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I may lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your service perish with you, because you thought you could obtain God's gift with money. You have no part or share of this, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray for the Lord, that if possible, for the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the chains of wickedness. Simon answered, Pray for me, Lord, that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. Now, after Peter and John had spoken and testified the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, praising, proclaiming the good news to the many villages of the Samaritans. Okay, so there's a lot, there's a lot that's happening here in this, in this, uh, in this story. Let's first start off with what we see here um, among Saul. We see Saul beginning this great persecution that's going to happen a lot throughout the Book of Acts. And once again, it's ironic to me that Saul was persecuting the church because later. Saul, when he's known as Paul, will be the one who is persecuted. So we see Saul now doing something that will be something he will suffer from. And but what I want you to see is that this persecution, as hard and bad as it was, actually becomes a good thing because of the persecution. What you're going to see here and other times throughout Scripture is that the persecution forces the church to go out. The church goes out from Jerusalem, where it had been Focus primarily and goes out and first in this part to Samaria, which is um which is north from Jerusalem. Um, so this is Samaria was the home of the Samaritans. Uh, if you don't, if you may remember the story of the Samaritans from the Gospels and from the Old Testament, Samaria was the capital of the old um northern kingdom of Israel when 
the kingdom divided to a northern kingdom of Israel, southern kingdom of Judah. Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom. And the Samaritans were people who were of mixed heritage, Jewish and Gentile. And there was always a lot of conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans. So that's why it's interesting that now the Samaritans begin to be saved. So Philip goes, because of the persecution, he goes and um, preaches the word. And many, it, it, it says, um, all of them listened to him saying, this is the man has power. They saw the magic. Um, they believed Philip um, and they were baptized, both men and women. But yet scripture says here they hadn't had the spirit. Um, and that's um, and, and that's one of the interesting, one, this is one of the more interesting stories in uh, the book of Acts. There are a lot of things that happen in Acts that are unique to church history. All these uh, signs and wonders we see here, so many other things. But I think one thing that's very interesting here is this notion that, remember what I said a couple of days ago about how we get stuck in the rut of rituals and how it isn't our rituals that save us, but rather it's that obedience to, it's that belief in Jesus, that following of Jesus. What we see here is a good thing. Philip comes. The people are amazed by Philip's teaching and his preaching and his power. This is a, a people that were captivated by signs of power and magic. Simon, this guy, he had some magic that made the people believe he was something great. Then Philip comes in and preaches an actual gospel. And they're like, whoa, this Philip guy, he's really got it. So they begin to follow. They believe Philip. They believe Philip, who was preaching this good news. And they, and they were baptized. But notice what it says is they believed Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon believed. After being baptized, he stayed and saw these things. So they saw the power and they did the deeds. But they had not yet received the Spirit. Uh, I love the acts of the church. I love the rituals of the church. I love reading scripture. I love praying. I love baptism, y'all. In a few weeks, I'm going to get to baptize somebody in church tonight, somebody that made a profession of faith, and I can't wait. I love communion. Uh, sharing communion with my people is perhaps one of the holiest things that God allows me to do as a pastor. These things are awesome. The Spirit's present in these things. But what makes these things holy are not the acts themselves, but the Spirit that's there within them. The reason why the sanctuary is holy is not because there's anything special about the pews or the carpet or the windows, as beautiful as they are. But what makes the sanctuary pretty truly holy is the fact that God's worship there and the Spirit's present there. It's not the acts that invoke the Spirit. But it's the Spirit that makes the act holy. So John Wesley used to say in his revivals, he would say, do not tell me of your baptism, but tell me of your conversion. Because as holy as baptism is, and it's a sacred ordinance, I mean, a sacred sacrament in our tradition as United Methodists, very holy and very sacred, it doesn't save you. What saves you is grace through faith in Jesus. And what makes baptism sacred isn't the font or the water or any of that. It's the spirit within it. What makes communion holy is the spirit within it. 
It's the spirit that makes the act holy. The act apart from the spirit is just an act. They were following, amazed by power, and things like that, but they had not received the Spirit. When they received the Spirit, great things happened. So, let's be faithful to our rituals and our traditions and our routines and our patterns and our practices. These things are very super important, and I believe they're important, and I love doing them. But they don't they don't make things holy in and of themselves. What makes it holy is the Holy Spirit. That's what does it. When they receive the Spirit, then they truly know knew. So for us, y'all, let's let's be very careful in that we don't fall in love with the stuff. We fall in love with the Spirit. We fall in love with the Savior. So Saul's persecution here seemed like a really bad thing at the beginning of the story. But it's that persecution that drives Philip to Samaria. And when Philip comes to Samaria and preaches, the Spirit falls, the, they get saved, the Spirit comes, and lives are changed, and amazing things happen. So don't so when we face troubles or hardships or difficult times, don't don't become too discouraged because of that. But know that these difficult times, they um God will use them for something good. Romans 8 28, all things work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, all things work for good. Even what we see here, this persecution, God used it. And he's still using it today. So allow his spirit to be at work in the difficult times of your life. But fall more in love with the spirit. Fall more in love with Jesus than we do any specific thing. Because it's the thing that points to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that gives even the sacred things. It's the Holy Spirit that gives even the sacred things their power. So let's focus on the Spirit. Let's be faithful to it. And let's follow Jesus wherever he's calling us. Hey, thanks for being with us today. I hope you're enjoying Acts. Um, and tomorrow we're going to read a really cool story about uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, a really neat story. So Philip's a pretty, Philip's a pretty cool dude. We, uh, we see Philip doing some really good stuff. Philip's a missionary, man. He's going to these people in places that are difficult, and God's blessing it. So thanks for being with us today. Um, we'll pick back up tomorrow morning. Have a great day.